podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. So it's uh, all for play for still? I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Hi, villains, and welcome to For the Love and Farm Grab podcast with Neil and Paddy again here. We're coming to you on what could only be described as a super morning here. The two of us have just been out, gotten our walks in this morning, taking in the fresh air. And, not together, uh, mind you. A, not together, no, 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 no. We're not. Uh, Different shielding. parts of the country. Yeah, we're not shielding together. We're, uh, <laughs> we're, we're in our own separate counties, but it was a banger of a morning this morning. And uh, we're here today to talk to you about... We'll talk about a lot of things, really, but mostly we're going to focus on the West Ham game, um, you know, that's coming up this Monday night. Uh, and, um, yeah, I suppose. But before we get on to that, Paddy, firstly, passing of a great today, uh, this week, I think it's fair to say. Um, uh, you know, no matter what vintage you are, you've heard of Diego Armando Maradona. And, uh, you know, what do you... What do you like him or what do you, what do you load him for what he did um, against your team at any given stage? The man's, uh, the man's ability was, was never in question. And, um, you know, just, just the loss of an icon, I think, really is what we, what we need to say. An icon for the sport itself. Absolutely. Um, he, to me, he means an awful lot. He, he's the reason I fell in love with football back during Mexico 86 as a, as a 10-year-old um, absolutely mesmerised at what, what he does. To the same extent, we've got kids now looking at Messi and, you know, players his ilk like Jack Grealish. Um, mm. You know, this this is this is way, 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 way uh, harder times to play with that kind of ability. He used to get kicked up and down the pitch and bounce straight back up and play mm. on. Um, most of the time without the foul even being given. You've got tackles going in at waist height. Shoulder height. Shit. You talk about Jack Grealish or Maradona right now? Uh, both. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, Mar- Maradona was just, he, you know, there's a famous uh, commentary of that that amazing goal he scored against England. Not not the goal that everyone hates him for, but the other one. Uh, different class. He was different class. Jimmy McGee, God rest his soul. His, his uh, iconic line from that from that goal. He was different class. He was, he was without a doubt the greatest player I've ever seen. Um, Messi runs him close. I, you know, I, I wasn't old enough to watch the likes of George Best play. Um, Ronaldo never did it for I thought me. You played with George Best, Paddy. <laughs> thought you you George Best down the left wing. No, you can't. You can't have me coursing this early in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't even got on to talking about Aston Villa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, but obviously, these players were were fantastic. But you know, you bear in mind. Um, Listen to Gary Lineker talking about the state of that pitch in the Azteca Stadium yeah. when they when they played England. The, the the ground was literally moving underneath them because it was relayed just a few days before the game. So to have that control and skill, mm. very similar pirouette to to what we're used to with John McGinn the, in the lead up to that goal. It's only <laughs> when you watch it again you, you you see the similarities there. Yeah. If only John McGinn could push on and become our Diego Maradona, that would be fantastic, wouldn't it? Yeah. Without the. Uh, um... Yeah, without the things in the in the 
in the con column. Take all his pros and not his cons. <laughs> that would be fine. Yeah, yeah but uh, similar height, similar build. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's and you know what? That's why I I, I kind of um, like eighty six. I was only one year of, of yeah. I was only one year of age. You know, I was only born in eighty five. So I never saw eighty six. But obviously, I've seen it back. I do remember him in nineteen ninety, and I remember him getting. Sent home in ninety four, I think, wasn't it? Then he gets, gets, gets sent yeah. home in ninety four. Yeah, I do remember that, and um, uh, I remember, I remember him. I have vague memories of watching him on, on RT on a Wednesday night or a Tuesday night playing in playing European football for um, Barcelona. I've got vague memories of that, um, yeah. but as I say, look, he, he's well documented. Let's not look. Let's not sit here and say it like footballing wise, absolute. I absolutely iconic. I think then on the laddish celebratory, maybe not so legal side of things as well. He was iconic in those those uh, minds as well, you know, because he was a bit of a bad boy, I suppose, at the same time. But um, look, we're not going to focus on that, and 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 even the, the the hand of God stuff and and all that. Look, the way we're discussing this, we're not we're going to put that aside just for what he's done and what, and what he was for football at the time. And, and he basically dragged a, a nation up again, you know, for, and, and basically um, inspired the, the, the great Argentinian footballers that we have, we've seen since Diego Maradona as well. So um, purely from a footballing side of point of view, he was an icon. He was, uh, he will be like, he would, would be on the Mount Rushmore if there was a Mount Rushmore of, um, of, uh, footballers, he would probably well, he would be up there with Pele, and we'd probably have Messi and Ronaldo up there as well. But uh, that's a, that's a completely for a different day. And Steve Stoughton, Paddy, you'd have Steve Stoughton. Yeah, I'm surely you mean yeah. the Brazilian Ronaldo as well, and not that fake Portuguese one. <coughs> See, Paddy, look, I'm telling you, this is it's too early in the morning. It's too yeah. It's, well, <laughs> yeah, for that Ronaldo might need his whole mountain. To carry yeah. all of him in there, that other Ronaldo, <laughs> Brazilian Ronaldo. But uh, anyway, we're not here for the Ronaldo Spear campaign no. just yet. But joking um, aside, he was he was by far and away the best player I've ever seen. I was lucky enough to go to Italia ninety, so got to see did, games up and close. Um, didn't get to see him unfortunately, yeah. but uh, he obviously lit up the, that tournament as well. Lit up Mexico eighty six. Obviously played for Barcelona prior to Mexico eighty six, who who they say it didn't work out for. Managed to score 22 goals in 36 games. I think that's a pretty good return before yeah. having an amazing career at the likes of Napoli then afterwards. And I suppose that's where it went downhill from there, yeah. both on and off the pitch. But, yeah. but it's mad to see what, the, what they're doing with the stadium in Napoli. Like they really took him on board and and basically, and, and he's like the... He's like the prodigal son for them, really. You know, mm. they they love him. They're renaming the stadium. That amazing visual of uh, them lining the streets and lining around the stadium with flares as well was fantastic to see. Yeah. You know, iconic Boca Juniors did a fantastic thing, leaving on his light in his box. And, and I think it's fascinating how much of a hero he is in Boca Juniors. He only played mm. one meaningful season there. He was at Argentinos Juniors. He was brilliant. <laughs> you know, he played there. That's where he scored most of his goals and made his name. Played with Baca for one year. I suppose Baca was always in his heart. Maybe it was the team. It was the team that he supported. So, um, you know, he only got one real good year there, and he came back then later on in his life. Uh, and obviously, I think he managed them as well, and 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 was 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 a big part of that part of that club off the field. I think as well. So, uh, which I found that amazing because you know you take things like that for granted. I I just presumed without looking into Maradona's back history that. 
he must have had three, four or five good years at Boca Juniors and really pulled him up by their, by their bootstrings again. But when I looked at it, he'd only one year there. And the lasting effect that he, made, that he has left on that club is, uh, is amazing. You know, it's absolutely amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, you know, all the bad stuff aside, may he rest in peace. He, hopefully he'll be remembered for the absolute amazing genius of a talent he was. Yeah. And, and that's how I like to remember him. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure there's a lot of listeners here remember him for a handball <clears throat> the same way we do. Uh, he wasn't the same, you know, he uh, Thierry had... Henry. But yeah. look, you have to you have to look over like that's done and dusted now. We we we'll have mm-hmm. to look over that. Um, and you know, God God rest him at this yeah. stage. He had his obviously had his demons as well later in life. So, um, there you have it. Mate of mine had the pleasure of meeting him only last year a couple of times, and he actually presented him with a get a football jersey. Um, he was working over in UAE, and he was actually my, my mate was working in UAE with um, with uh, he was doing some coaching work. He was he was teaching over there, but he was doing some coaching work as well with uh, the Real Madrid Academy in UAE. In, in um, I think it was in Dinars or Faruja, one or the other. And um, Maradona used to come come along um, every so often. You know, I think he met him two or three times, but he got to present a Gaelic football jersey to him as well. So um, he actually got Very right and close to him, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, and he, he that's that must have been fantastic to be that close to him, you know, because uh, seems like quite if you were on his good side, he was the nicest man in the world. You know, you see a lot of players. Yeah. See Robbie Keane has a lot of stuff up with him. Robbie Keane was even in his house. Um, mm-hmm. I think over in wherever it was, that was there was some fantastic photos that Robbie Keane had up there as yeah. well, and, and then he, Maradona was even messaging Robbie Keane's son, um, congratulating him on something. That must have happened to the sun and stuff. So, like, you know, he yeah. to be and there was a message there from just three weeks ago as well. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. The short, there's a short life. You don't know when it's uh, when it's time to go. Unfortunately, so. you don't. Unfortunately, but uh, yeah, Diego Armando Maradona. Uh, you know, rest in peace. As I say, football will always be. Uh, he will always be remembered for his football and greatness. I think by by by, uh, by most. And um, yeah, as I say, he is one of the greats that has passed away. And uh, I think, what's the phrase in Irish? Mm-hmm. I think that's what it is. Um, anyway, we have news of um, matches over Christmas time. Sharp turnaround did. this week. Yeah. So, it's a, thank God for a bit of a rest because it's going to be a, it's going to be a tough week ahead. Um you know, obviously we play West Ham on Monday, which we're going to talk about later. And then we've uh, a short turnaround till the Friday to play uh, Newcastle. We'll get a bit of a break after that. But then, you know, it's frantic enough. We play uh, we play Wolves the following Saturday, uh, the 12th. And then we play a midweek match set against Burnley on the Thursday before playing the Baggies on the Sunday night. So we love an old Sunday night. So I'm really looking forward to that one. Um, and then... Uh, an old-fashioned uh, St. Stephen's Day, as we call it, Boxing Day, as they call I'm it. I'm really UK. looking forward to that. I'm three off. o'clock, three o'clock on St. Stephen's Day or Boxing Day, whatever you choose to call it. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Then I think we're we're only confirmed up as far as Chelsea on the 28th. Would that be correct? And say, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not <clears throat> after that. Then there's a bit of a break till we play Man U. I presume they could take that either side of the New Year or New Year's Eve, depending on. Uh, what the television dictates, but um, 
yeah, that's our that's our tough three fixtures then. Chelsea, Man U, Tottenham. So I'm hoping that we go on a bit of a run now over the next five or six games and get some more points on the board. Although, judging by what we've done in the, so far this season, have we anything to be worried about playing against them teams? Because they seem to be the ones that we, we get up for. So uh, hopefully we can start by changing that now and getting up for the game on Monday night. Yeah, and and just we are going to look forward. We'll come back to, to the West Ham game, and I I for once I think definitely in the last five or six years I'm looking at the at the December slate of games, and I'm kind of thinking to myself that these all look to be nice. When I say nice games, I mean games that you can get up for, as you mentioned, um, mixed in with other with games that maybe you might have targeted at the start of the season. And before we even went on our run at the start of the season, and and realistically speaking, we could come out at the end of December. Well, I would be hopeful that we would come out at the end of December with, you know, close to thirty points, close to um, well, not close to thirty points. Sorry, that would mean we would need to win win five <laughs> of those games. But we could be, you know, mid twenties, you know, starting with a win at West Ham um, on Monday. That would be fantastic if that was the case. If we were able to beat West Ham, it would set us up nicely going into Newcastle at home. Um, Wolves is always going to be a derby, as you say yourself. And then we've got some favourable games, like the harder games that are the games that I that I would look at and go, I'm not too sure about those, are away from home. And we've played better away from home this year. Uh, if we pick up any points from those, I think we'll be delighted. But I think what will be key here, Paddy, as well, is playing away from home. Um, I'm, and I'm going to bring in some other news that we got yesterday as well, that, that with the new tiered system in, in the UK, that uh, certain clubs may potentially be allowed to have fans in the stadiums, um, which, look, is in tier two. In tier three, they won't, but in tier two, there will be. So there's a disparity straight away there of who can and who can't have fans in the stadia um, over the course of the Christmas period. Uh, even if it's only 2,000 fans, having any any fans in there is an advantage to you, I think, in, this day, in, in the, the climate that we're in at the moment. Uh, looking down through the list there, I think you'd have the two London teams anyway, Chelsea and Crystal Palace. They would definitely be um, where, well, sorry, Crystal Palace is in is in Villa Park, but the Chelsea game looks to be the only one whereby fans would be allowed in from, from that slate of, mm. of games there. But, um, if, they, if, they, if they change it on the 16th, we could be looking at fans at the, is it the 19th, sorry, isn't it the 19th? We could be looking at fans at the Hawthorne, so it's it's kind of up in the air. Um, I hope. I, hope, I would like to think the Premier League did the right thing and just sat tight on that for a bit. I don't think there's any need for it just yet mm. until everybody can do it. But that's just my opinion. I'm just feeling a bit uh, sorry for myself looking at uh, the fact that other fans can go and watch because uh, um, I'd really love to be going to a live sporting event of any kind at this stage. I might even go to a cricket match as much as I hate cricket, but <laughs> there you go. I just can't do any of it any, anymore. So, yeah. um, Limerick Cricket Club inside there in UL, Paddy. I'm sure I, could probably, have I could probably be like uh, on the ditch watching that, could I? Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard. It's hard looking at, you know, a, a, I know I shared it yesterday on Twitter. There was a, a, a graph done up with clubs blacked out and looking at your club blacked out that you can't have any fans is it's it's, it's actually adding to the agony to be honest I don't think it's yeah. fair um, you know I think they can all take 2000 in social distancing I, I know I read something from the fans consultation group this morning to say that 
they were only going to use the lower halt. Well, why not space them out a bit more? That would be just my opinion on it and, and get them in there. Um, but look, that's for people who are much more knowledgeable and uh, yeah. than we are. So, uh, yeah, I, th- I think I think the from what I read, that West Brom one is the only is, could be the first one that we look at fans in the stadium. Should the restrictions be lifted for the Midlands at that stage? Mm, yeah, and uh, yeah, it's, it it definitely is going to be an interesting one, as you say. I, I can hear it in your voice, and I'm very much the same. Uh, I haven't been to Villa Park since 2000 and. Uh, 17 just due to financial constraints and buying a house and stuff like that and I had earmarked this year to go to like between 10 I, I, I had in my mind I was ready to go to between 8 and 10 home games this year mm. um, and I've, I've gotten to go to none so my uh, look it's not the end of the world God willing that I was still above the ground in 2021 I'll just push the can down the line there and I'll just go to 10 games next year maybe I might go to all the home games next year who knows might even splash out in a season ticket Fuck it, go mad all together. Um, I'm actually in the mood to do that at the moment. If anybody out there is, uh, if anybody out there is looking for something to get me for Christmas, um, get me a season ticket for 2021 when I come out, please. Um, no, but that would be fantastic. But I, I would. I, I'm at the stage now as well where, boy, I'd love to. I'd love to be able to to know what the story is and and maybe even look forward to to maybe going in early February, maybe early March, something like that. Um, I suppose depending on how mm. this goes uh, I definitely want to try and get over it before the end of the year uh, and as you say uh, it's kind of like the fear of missing out I have at the moment well other teams are allowed to do it why can't I and I suppose it's like a petulant child kind of a thing you know I understand why I can't go there but uh, you know I kind of want other people not to be able to go because I'm not able to go and, and it's a very childish way of thinking for me but uh, yeah it's difficult it's difficult to 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 kind of not feel that way i suppose but look we'll see what happens as i say just because the the tiered system is there maybe they might trial it those with the london clubs um and see what way it goes i don't know but um it's an interesting development yesterday some people are going to be delighted delighted about it um and as i say we'll see what way it goes because uh speaking of london teams and trialing things against london teams i hopefully we're going to um, go down there and, and try out maybe a new player um, not a new player but a different player in place of mm-hmm. Ross Barkley when we go and play West, West Ham on Monday night because as we mentioned um, that is I suppose priority number one for Aston Villa at the moment and uh, Ross Barkley we're going to be without Ross Barkley for somewhere I think between two and four weeks is, I think is what they've said mm-hmm. so he's definitely out anyway which is not ideal um, and we're just going to basically kick it off from there are we going to continue to try and let uh, Bertrand Traore bed in there, albeit that he only had 70 minutes to do so? Or do we see a more conventional midfielder, central midfielder, come in there to on, on Monday? Yeah, well, by all accounts, from, I, I read somewhere there that uh, Traore has a knock, so it's doubtful. Um, obviously, with a knock, it's only Friday, the matches until Monday, so there is a, there's a, a possibility that he, he still might make it. Um, to be honest, as I said in our, our uh, review of the of the last game, I thought Connor was the option to bring on or Nakamba, whatever floats your boat. Uh, it was Connor for me, um, and I think, you know, I think he's, uh, I think he's been patient enough and waited long enough. I think he needs he needs to start on on Monday night, and I'll be probably a little bit disappointed if he doesn't. Um, it's 
you don't, you don't know what you're going to get with the other team, but I think we just need to, you know, stick with our game plan and, and keep it a bit tighter than, than we did, obviously, against the likes of Southampton and, and Leeds and, again, last week. Um, so I think Connor will give you a bit more of that than, than Traore will. Um, if, he's, if he's fit, there's nothing to say that he won't start him, but, you know, I can't see it being at the expense of Trezeguet or anyone else, but... Um, I think that'll be the only change we'll make is is that one in midfield to replace Barkley. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what he does. Obviously, he's looking at the players every week in training and knows what they're up to. Um, but for me, I think it needs to be a, a more defensive-minded change. So it's I I would pick Connor or or Nakamba in that position. Are we fully sure that we're not overlooking the emergence of Jacob Ramsey? I know that when you look at the, at at the bench over the last few games and so on. He hasn't made the bench. Uh, I'm just really just throwing it out there. Jacob Ramsey is a more forward-thinking midfielder. Mm-hmm. Um, scored three goals and seven appearances for Doncaster last year, would suggest that. Um, look, he's only 19. He's only got two, two uh, uh, senior appearances for Aston Villa yeah. as well. Um, well look, we, we, we've got to trust them to, to nurture these guys in. Yeah. Obviously, they feel he's not ready or he would be on the bench ready to, to, to be sprung there. Um, I think I think there will be games that it will happen. I don't think it'll be this one um, on the sheer fact that he hasn't been around the first team squad. Whether he is the one that misses out on match day, we don't know. But there obviously is one or two sitting in the stand in case someone gets injured in the warm-up or whatever. But we, we're not privy to who that is on a weekly basis. So it, I, I honestly, I can't see it being him. Um, I would absolutely like to see him get his opportunity at some stage. Um, maybe he's the natural uh, replacement for Ross Barkley if or when he goes back to, to Chelsea. And, you know, at, at nearly 20 years of age, you would think he should be ready at that stage. Mm. Um, we'd be looking at the emergence of Louis Barry as well and hope that he can push on and, and push into the first team. So we're investing a lot of money in youth, um, in the youth setup and, the development of the players, so there's no reason why they can't uh, they can't do that going forward. Yeah, I suppose my my way of thinking here is that I actually would have the three guys that we we've got coming in ranked as Connor, Jacob Ramsey, and Nakamba in that order. And my, the only way my thinking with regards to this is that it's just more of a kind of it, it's more similar, more like for like. I think Connor Horan being in there. Uh, they can revert back to the style of play as I've mentioned before that they played against Fulham and, and against Sheffield United and that that's the easy thing to do Jacob Ramsey is a bit more attacking attacking minded but bringing in the Kamba pushing McGinn further forward you know trying to get all that that, that lined up for me might be the easiest thing yeah. easiest thing to do but then again look I'm probably undersending, underselling uh, Marvellous Nakamba and Douglas Louise why can't Nakamba sit into that role that Douglas Louise is sitting in and maybe push push uh, Louise up uh, you're shuffling a bit more bodies around I think from that point of view um, but it'll be interesting to see what he does it will be interesting to see what he does and after all our talk about this you might even just start Troy back in there again or on the left hand side or Algazi on the left hand side and bring Jack in at the top of the yeah. diamond so there's tons of options but guess what? Imagine if we were 12 months ago. We would have no options. No We'd option. be, and, it would be a complete the, change. The beauty of this is he has he has to put players in there and trust them and see yeah. how they get on for the next yeah. five weeks until the transfer window opens. And then mm. he'll know where he's at. You know, if, if he mixes it up, like chances are we probably won't see Barkley till around Christmas time. So 
we'll know if we need backup for him, if Triori can do it, if he needs to bring in someone else, if Connor can do it, whatever. And we'll have the beauty of having the transfer window open yeah. in January to do so. So um, who knows? Uh, as I said so many times, in Dino we trust. Let's see what happens on uh, on Monday night. Um, I do think that'll be the only change we'll have. Mm. Um, I don't envisage there being any widespread changes or, or mixing things up to the, to the extent that West Ham have done over their their last six or seven games. Um, not only mixing up their squad, they mix they mix the rotating systems between a four two three one four five one to a three four three. So um, obviously, different management styles give give you different uh, ways of doing things. I, I don't know what kind of setup they'll have. On, on Monday, I think they'll probably still be without Mik- Mikel Antonio, but I think that's more in hope than anything else. Mm. Um, we don't want, we, we don't want to see him. Yarmolenko is also it's doubtful positive. as well. Yeah, so um, it'll be interesting. You know, they've they they played the five four one against Liverpool, Man City, and Spurs um, with with decent enough results. They they narrowly lost to Liverpool, uh, drew one all with Man City, and three all with with Spurs. So they're a decent enough side. And bear in mind, you know, that they've only really added Benarama, Dawson and Kufal to that team. So, mm. you know, he, he's doing a particularly good job. They're only a point behind us in the league. Um, you know, they, they had good wins. Uh, Wolves, Leicester, Fulham, Sheffield. So, you know, they're, they're doing okay. Um, I'd imagine they would be equally as happy with... Their, their, their fans would be as equally happy as, as we are to how we've started the season. We've just got to push on now and uh, uh, start winning matches like this. And, you know, I know it's away from home, but it's it's it's, it's important. Um, and, you know, look forward to, to to winning some home games over Christmas with the, with the fixtures we have coming up. But, you know, as we say, if we win all our away games, we, we'll stay up. <laughs> you know, it, yeah. as much as people don't like us winning at home. And, and again, you know, our... our Directive for this season would have been to improve on last season. I think we already have. I think I think we I think we'll be more than okay. I'd say come February March we'll be enjoying the season. But uh, I just hope we can push on and start winning a couple of the games that are coming up ahead of us. That are in my yeah. view will be winnable games mm. um, over over the next four to six weeks. Um, but start of Monday night, I think it would be a good market to lay down if we can go and beat West Ham. Yeah. Like this West Ham team, as you mentioned, he's doing a lot with what he has. And I'm looking down through the team there. There's a, there's quite a few players I would take from that team into the Arsenal Buddha squad. I take both, I take Declan Rice and, and Thomas Suchek, have them in around the squad. I think they're fantastic. I don't think there'll be discussion if we had um like they're fantastic. Would they get into the team? I don't I, I don't know, but I would love to have them in there. They're fantastic players. Declan Rice will probably watch in there somewhere. Um, yeah. And Suchek is Suchek is unbelievable in the air. He's he single handedly has changed around um, West Ham's fortunes after the break. He came in after the break. He marshaled all that midfield, scored goals at the back post. The carbon copy goals that they scored last year were fantastic. Mm. Uh, well, fantastic from their point of view. It was a deep cross, almost as if almost like Villa used to do with Ahmed El Mahamedi. That deep cross to the back post, and Suchek was there to head the ball in or to get a leg to it or something. They've got some good pros in the, in, in defence with Balbuena and Ogbonna. Don't forget, Ogbonna has tons of caps for it, for Italy. Fabianski is a really good goalkeeper in goals. Um, yeah. They've got creativity up front with Fornells. Jared Bowen has all the energy. Sebastian Haller is 50 million, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, purchase. 
you know, so they do have players, as I say, Mikel Antonio will be will be a big loss for them if he is out, and Andre Yarmolenko, Yarmolenko comes off the bench against us and seems to do something every single time we play them. Mm-hmm. So they're a nice team. Yeah, um, and, Aaron and Creswell as well. I've always been a, a big fan of him too. So who's that? Aaron Creswell. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I can cross yeah. the ball. Yeah, yeah, and we haven't. And you mentioned Ben Rama. He hasn't got much of a look in for for West Ham. And what's the you know, what's to say that he doesn't come on after the on off on off transfer and the Dean Smith, yeah. um, kind of, uh, I, I, I suppose history with, with, with Ben Rama, um, trying to sign Ben Rama, should I say that he doesn't come on and, and you know terrorize us over the course of this game? It's it's kind of st- sitting up for him, but um, we also, as I say, have a nice squad there, so I'm not saying that this is going to be overly difficult for Aston Villa, but it's definitely something that we need to respect this team. And, uh, you know, this isn't a given, this isn't a gimme. And, and, and you know, we can't, we can't disrespect any team in this league, as we've seen, and nor can any other team disrespect us as well as the league Absolutely. is. So it's going to be one of those two, this game of two counterpunchers coming up against each other. So uh, let's see what happens. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. What do you think is going to be the final outcome, Paddy? Um, for some reason, I'm really, really confident about this one. I don't, I don't have anything to back that up, but uh, I just, I just feel we'd be too strong for them. Um, it, it, a lot will come down to how how they line up. If they go with the four five one, they'll be tougher to break down. They could adapt that to, to combat Jack Grealish, um, but I'm gonna go for a three nil win. Jesus, that's how confident I am with this one. All right. Was not, not, Teddy, I wasn't I'm, expecting that. I was expecting a bit of fence sitting because yeah. um, I'm I'm a bit fence city about this one. I think this is going to be our draw, our first draw. I think it's going to be one all draw. I think Villa are going to be delighted to get out there with a one all draw and no injuries. Provide and thinking ahead towards the Newcastle game on a Friday. Um, mm. I think this is our bounce back game. I think I think it needs to be. I good. think it needs to be the game that we we push on with. Um, you know, it's all it's all very well getting us up for for games against uh, um, Liverpool, Arsenal, Arsenal and Liverpool. You know, Leicester. Um, you know, the, these players need to play like that every week. We we need to see, mm. um, you know, the, this performance repeated on a week in week in basis. And I'd like to see that happen from today. And I'd like to see them play for their shirt. Um, perhaps there probably hasn't been enough mixing up for people to be worrying about their shirts. I don't know whether that's something got to do with it, but. Uh, yeah, there's an opportunity there for someone, be it Traore, Connor, Nakamba, whoever it is. I don't envisage any other changes for now. But uh, yeah, the door's open for somebody and I think somebody will go in and, and grab it by with both hands for sure. Um, you know, I, I just feel optimistic about this one. I, I don't know why. <laughs> I think they struggled with Jack the last time we played as well. Mm. So. I think they probably will ad- adapt a, a defensive system and I think that might play into our hands. But we just got to be careful of the mistakes that were made last week and not give them too much space for uh, for whoever is up front to be running on the ball a la Danny Welbeck last week. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And as I say, that's why it's absolutely pivotal uh, yeah. who comes in. And there is people back. there that like the, the likes, of, like they're quick, you know, Fernal, Teller. Bowen, Bowen is lightning. Any yeah. of them that are out there, you know, they are quick. If Yarmolen goes back, he'll exploit that too. Um, yeah, it, 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 I reckon it will all come down to uh, how they how they set up. I don't envisage any changes for us in in our formation or anything like that. So, um, 
for for me, I'm expecting a win and, and nothing else this weekend. Yeah. I'm going one all with a Douglas Louise Thunder bastard from outside the area because he had three shots last week, and that's <laughs> progress for all of us in the Douglas Louise, uh, Douglas Louise superb strike camp over here because we haven't seen one since Bournemouth was it last year. No, he got another one after that, didn't he? I think he got two absolute wonderful goals last year. Um, but I think we're due another one. Douglas Louise from 85 yards. Um, and we'll all we'll all be, be I'll happy take one from that. two yards, to be honest, if it just hits off. <laughs> well, we proved that we couldn't score from two yards last week. No, no, yeah. <laughs> so I'm gonna go for the 85-yard thunderbolt and uh, and see what way that one goes. Um but yeah, look, it's 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 uh, it's gonna be a good game. I'm delighted that uh, you know the, the with the shape that we're coming into this, it would be nice to have Barkley, but you know, it's an area of the field where boy, we've got one or two people who can come in and deputize for him for sure, and deputize very, very ably. Um, and let's just continue our you know, our our march towards look, we've we've said it on this podcast throughout the throughout time, continue our march towards thirty-six points, which is now the new forty points for mm-hmm. safety. Uh win on Monday means we're halfway there and uh you know coming out of the end of coming out of the end of the Christmas we could be we could be a lot closer to that as well and I hope to God we are. Um just before we go uh Paddy, do you think we see New Year's Eve, do you think we see New Year's Day with John Terry as our assistant manager? There seems to be a lot of rumblings and the bookies are have him heavy, heavy, heavy favour to take the Derby job. I think he was at 1 to, one to 10 last night, 1 to 10 on to take the Derby job and he was 1 to 8 this morning when I looked at it. Um, mm. I suppose really it all depends on how, how Wayne Rooney goes tonight, but do you think we're going to lose John Terry to Derby County? I'm not so sure. Um I think the position Derby are in, they need to recruit a tried and tested manager, to be honest. Um, they need they need a bit of longevity, they need they need someone that's gonna be around for a long time. Um and I'm not sure that that's for me that that's that's the right um appointment. Um do I think he'd leave for a manager's job? Why wouldn't he? It, it, you know it's 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 been your own boss, he's been the Apprentice now for a couple of years. The, the, he obviously has all his coaching badges done and everything. Um, I'm not sure how a a partnership with Wayne Rooney would work out, but I don't know. It's it's a, it's it's a strange one to be talking about. It's uh, it'll be interesting to see what he decides to do. For me, I I just can't see it. No matter what way I look at it, I think Derby needs someone tried and tested to to drive them on now and. Good going with another untested manager might not be the way to go. I know they did very well bringing in Frank Lampard and he did quite well, but I think you know they had a decent enough side there at the time. At the moment, they're struggling a bit, so it'd probably be a good move for John Terry to, to, to cut his teeth at that level. But whether they do it or not, I'm, I'm just a bit uh skeptical. Mm. Yeah, I don't know but whether that would be the job he goes for either. Uh, he might look as I say, I don't know much uh, much about it, but didn't he turn down the, the Middlesbrough job as well over over the summer? Um I remember he was heavily linked to Middlesbrough and and, and and he turned that down, you know. Um yeah, look as I say we'll we'll until it's news, I suppose we won't we won't go into it too much. But yeah. I just thought it was thought it was interesting that if you type in, you know, if you look at 
uh, on Twitter, a lot of uh, a lot of Derby County fans are talking it into existence. You know, that's mm-hmm. the, they're talking about it as if it's uh, as if it's very much on the cards, and that there is conversations within. Uh, it's Pride Park. That's what Derby plays. Yeah, it is Pride Park. I was going to say the baseball ground, showing my age, but uh, um, yeah, Pride Park. There, there has been conversations in around there that he might uh, that, that they might go for someone like JT. It would be fantastic signing for him. You know, would. You know, from yeah. from his leadership capabilities and stuff like that, he would be fantastic for them. Maybe that's what they need in a dogfight down there. But uh, you know, uh, Steve McLaren has come in there as technical director, and uh, you'd have to imagine that a lot of that would have had to do with um, with his previous connections with the club, but also the fact that Wayne Rooney is there too, and yeah. you know, maybe they maybe they're their rara manager that they need to to boost the profile and and to get a bit of that. And British grit and steel is already there in Wayne Rooney, so maybe they don't need to need to get John Terry. I, I don't know, but I just don't want. I don't know what John Terry does for Aston Villa. Uh, I and that's not me having a crack crack at him. I just don't know what his role is with the team. I know he's a coach. I just yeah. I couldn't like people automatically assume that he's defensive coach and so on. Um, I just I just don't know what we would lose if we lost him. I yeah. just don't want to lose anything from this backroom team because when we're chugging along nicely like this, you don't want to just. You know, change one of the tires for no reason. No, and uh, I'd probably be a bit disappointed if he went. To be honest, yeah, so would uh, I. Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, you know, I would imagine his leadership uh, and experience in the dressing room is valuable to the setup that we have. So, I would be disappointed if he left. Um, you know, we're doing we're doing quite well this season. You know, the, the, we go back to. I know everybody pats Dean Smith on the back for getting the defensive. Uh, set up right after lockdown. I'm mm-hmm. sure. I'm sure he had some kind of input in that at the time. Yeah. Um. I don't I, like if he was to go. I don't know whether he'd be replaced because surely, because, purely because I don't know whether he's there as a motivational guy, whether he's there to actually work on set pieces, whatever it is. We don't know because we're not privy to that because we're not sitting on the uh, training ground and players don't obviously open up about that kind of thing. Um for fear of, of others getting <laughs> wind of, of how we do stuff. But um yeah, you know, it it is what it is. I'm sure you know we'd 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 replace him and find find someone to do the same thing if if he did go. But uh I'm sure there'd be a lot of people quite happy if he went. But for me, I I I'd be I'd be disappointed if he went. Yeah. So would I. So would I. Um we could go and try and poach Olaf Melberg from Helsingborg. And just keep just you know just keep the the iconic defenders going, uh, team yeah. going. That would be fantastic. Or maybe Martin Larson might be ready to get into coaching. I don't know. Um, but uh, yeah, look as I say, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And if it ain't broke, don't go looking for reasons to break. It would be why I brought this up because if he does leave, um, it would be interesting to see if there is a a difference in Aston Villa and a difference in the way we I'm do I'm sure, I'm sure the manager won't stand in his way either. No, 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 I don't think so either. I, I, I don't think, think I don't think you could ever deny, uh, you know, former England captain John Terry, uh, you know, heart, has the nation's heart. That's what he has. You know, you could never deny him a manager job if he wanted it. Mm. You know, the only, the only manager job you could deny him is your own job. If he, if he you know, that's the... <laughs> That that's the only job Dean Smith could deny him. I don't think he'd ever yeah. stand in his way, you know, or not. And who knows what stage of his his own thinking, whether he's ready or not, or whether he feels ready, or maybe he wants to see through this project. Maybe he's excited by this Absolutely. project. Yeah. So we'll we'll find out soon enough, no doubt. 
Exactly, exactly. The bookies have been known to get it wrong. Um, Absolutely. In recent memory as well. So that's going to do it for today. Paddy is very, very uh, optimistic about about Monday. I too am optimistic. I'm just not three nil optimistic. I'm I'm hedging my bets and going with it with a one all draw, as I said. But uh, West Ham has a lot of opportunities for us. It has also an awful lot of challenges for us too. It's going to be a really interesting game to see how we fare over the next two to four weeks without Ross Barkley. And this is the first game we'll see how we've adapted to this and, and set up with it with time to, to actually uh, work on on our setup and our adaptation towards uh, lo- losing out on Ross Barkley. But here goes nothing, as they say, and we look forward to it on uh, on uh, Monday night. So thanks very much, everybody, for listening to the podcast. Thanks, every, everybody, for 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 following you can follow uh, paddy on at philip paddy you can follow the podcast here on at love mcgrath pod just before i go um the that we, we did draw for hats uh, and we're going to do another one for the for the west ham game but john in laker sports has been really kind he, he's ran off a couple more hats and i'm going to put them up there if people want to if people want to buy them you know um I, i'm going to put them up there as as i say because the there, there was a lot of uh there's a lot of a lot of messages about them and people seem to like them. Now it is a very limited number because of um, shipping and, uh, and 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 material materials and stuff like that during COVID. Uh, and unfortunately, we're a bit too close to Christmas to get the amounts of of hats I, uh, that I would like to have in uh, before Christmas. But if anybody does want some hats, you know, I'd be happy to take your name. It would probably be early January before I would be able to get um, some more of them up. But as I say, I've got a limited number, uh, roughly about eight or ten i think of them at the moment if people want to want to buy them for somebody i'll pop them up there and um, i pop something up on on twitter uh, later on today and, and you guys can dm me and get in contact if that's something that you'd like uh but uh, yeah as i said thanks so much for for everything you do for the podcast and uh you know if you if there's anybody out there you know that isn't listening to the podcast we'd be love if you could share it. we'd love it if you could share a name out there and get them to start listening and see if they like it if they like it they do if they don't they don't um, but they won't know about it and they won't know if they like it unless they listen. Um, so that's really going to do it all. For, do it for us today, should I say. We have West Ham on Monday. Here is our charge to 18 points already in the league. And all that's left to say is up the Villa. Up the Villa. Network.